Hello and welcome to Pick and Pod. This is a production of WFUV Sports alongside Pat Costello and Reed Horner. How are you guys doing today? Living the dream. Reed? Ditto. Ditto. So let's get <laughs> right creative, Reed. Let's get right into it because there's been a lot of talk about Charles Barkley and LeBron James and the Ugh. comments back and forth about whether or not he's whining about getting more playmakers and how bringing up Charles Barkley's past and uh, calling him a hater. It's just a lot of uh, static going around the NBA about these recent comments. Uh, what, are you, what are your guys' initial thoughts? Do we have to talk about it? Yes. <laughs> are you sure? Because it's the stupidest story that I've ever heard in my life. I kind of agree with you to a sense, but I think Charles Barkley has a point in a way. I think that LeBron shouldn't be calling out his GMs in his front office for not having enough playmakers when you're the best team in the East and you're the defending champions. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't even know why LeBron opened his mouth about it. Like, what are you doing? Your team is fantastic. You guys are going to sleepwalk into the finals. I mean, the East is incredibly weak again, like it always is. So I don't know what the problem is, and I don't know why LeBron's saying anything to Barkley, whose job it is to point out these things. I'm, I'm glad I'm here. Because obviously, <laughs> you guys have said you don't know what the problem is, so let me tell you. Oh, tell us, Reed. Tell us. Charles Barkley has made a career, and it's a very su- successful career, right, guys? Post-season, I mean, post-career, on TV, um, known for being outlandish, make, speaking his mind, being entertaining. And he'll criticize players, current and former players, without fear of uh, them getting mad at him, which is great for a listener, right? This, that's what we always want. The problem is, is he criticized a player that is better than him. Does that make sense? Charles Barkley is a Hall well, of Fame level player. That's who cares? Like that shouldn't matter at all. No, that mo- no, like but, but, so no nobody can criticize no, Le- no, LeBron no, then. No, it just it's it's Charles sits on a false high horse, and that's what the LeBron's comments were when he came back at him. No, LeBron's comments were way too personal. Way too I think per- they were too personal. Way over Bring, the line. Bringing up what are you doing? No, no, no. no. Well, because that response wasn't in, directly because of what Charles Barkley said. That's been brewing off of off of. Com- like consistently being criticized by not just him, but but the entire media that LeBron's made out to be this villain, this whiny player, this guy who's unbelievable. But but it's true. What has LeBron done to get all of this dislike? Players like Charles Barkley. Everything LeBron said was true. Charles Barkley did all of those things in his career. He's also probably mad about the comments Barkley made earlier about how he needs all the best players. When Barkley himself is such a hypocrite, going to the Rockets near after he failed. Like you know what I'm trying to say? No, like. Yeah, I know what you're trying to say, but for those who don't know what he said, this I'm just going to give it to you right now in quotes. In in regards to what he said about getting a playmaker and calling out the Cavs GM, Charles Barkley called LeBron inappropriate, whiny, all of the above. They give him everything he wants. They have the highest payroll in the NBA, and he's the best player in the world, and does he really want to compete? Question mark. So I think what really set LeBron off the edge was the compete comment because one thing about professional athletes, you don't question their competitiveness and you don't question uh, their character. And I think Le- Charles Barkley has consistently tried to come at both of that in LeBron. And he let it go for a while now, and Charles Barkley is on TNT every week. And, yeah, he, he doesn't re- he's not the biggest LeBron fan, but sometimes he gets out of line. But in this, consider- in this aspect right here, I don't think he was out of line. Who is Charles? <laughs> <laughs> Who is Charles Barkley 
to talk to LeBron about this. Charles Barkley is nothing to LeBron. This is a man who's been to the final six straight times, won multiple titles, has carried a team, has carried a team early in his career to the finals, carried a team late in the team into the finals, and Charles Barkley's over here sitting at some studio saying he doesn't know how to compete. How would you feel if you're LeBron James? How would you feel if you have zero criminal record, if you've been in the spotlight since you were 15 years old, if the, most, con- if the most controversial <laughs> thing you did was sit on a stage and say you're taking your talents to South Beach, Yet you're you're just attacked constantly by the media and by players like him who have a worse past than LeBron does. LeBron's a better player and a better person off the court. And he got tired of being criticized by someone who shouldn't open his mouth if he doesn't want to have the king come back at him. So then nobody can criticize LeBron. Then. No, nobody no, can criticize him for cri- whining completely unnecessarily you can criticize about somebody, not having enough but players you can, because that's what LeBron's doing. There's a way to criticize someone and there's a way to disrespectfully criticize someone. Well, he if, didn't disrespectfully criticize. He, he called just him said, whiny. He is whiny. He said he doesn't want to <laughs> compete. A guy who's literally had more playoff minutes than he said more than a regular season's minutes worth of playoffs. This guy is competing consistently. And when I say compliments, say you get a haircut, right? There's two ways I can. Now, I can, now you're just taking personal shots. No, no, no. <laughs> anyway, because I say you criticize. I could say, you know what? I think you could have gotten a better haircut. Or, oh, yeah, that's so ugly. That's so horrible. They're both criticisms. One's a more respectful way to do it. And LeBron feels he deserves more respect from someone like Charles Barkley, and I completely agree. I'm sure Charles Barkley respects him as the player he is, but it doesn't mean he can't he obviously criticize doesn't. the things he says. No, Charles Barkley definitely respects LeBron as a player, but his job as someone in the media is to look at the comment, look at everything that's going on, and give his take on it. And what LeBron said, calling out his GM and calling out his team, saying, oh, we need another playmaker, when you're the best team in the East and you're the defending champions, that's not right for LeBron to do that. And Charles Barkley calling him out on that, I don't think he's wrong. That's not the part I have a problem but, with. It's the compete problem. Yeah, when he says, but when he part. says, do, do you want, does he want to compete, question mark, that kind of set off LeBron, which made him, I think, go to the media and make that statement he made. Um, actually calling out um, Charles Barkley and the stuff he's done previously in his career. But I don't think Charles Barkley is wrong by doing this. But he may be just, like you said, sometimes he's just over the top with his takes. And he's on he's a television personality, so you kind of uh, see that coming. But I just think Lebr- this makes LeBron look weak, making these comments. Because, like you said, what does he care about what Charles Barkley says? How does it make him look weak? It's, it makes him weak. If he responded like this every time someone criticized him, you would have... Uh, some support to your argument, oh. but he's consistently just takes the high road. He he doesn't say much about people's comments, but after a while, something will wear on you, and he takes the high road. There Wait, is a, did you hear what there, he said back? That's there, silly. Th- this is that's an exception because sometimes when someone crosses the line one too many times, you need to put them back in their place. How did he cross the line? He finished after he said he, he doesn't want to compete by saying he's an amazing player, which is. Which both contradict one another. He told a player who's, again, been to six straight finals, who's carried multiple franchises on his back, that he doesn't want to compete. That is one of the most disrespectful things you can tell a, a professional athlete who his entire life has put behind the fact that he's a competitor. You can't do that. That's, that's, even though we may not understand that because we're not professional athletes, if you're a professional athlete, you're told you don't want to compete, that's just the same as you showing up to work and someone saying, oh, yeah, you, you don't want to work, you're not invested, all this that's kind of stuff. That's just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's Christian doing a great job with the sound bites I love you, there. Christian. Very <laughs> passive-aggressive, Christian. Very passive-aggressive. I think I agree that that's what set him off about the competitive comments, but everything before that, he's 100% right. They have the highest payroll in the league. They, they signed max contracts to Tristan Thompson and um, – very, very um, good deals for J.R. Smith and Iman Shumpert as well. They sign Kyle Culver. They get him, and it's just 
you surrounding you're surrounding LeBron with a lot of great players, and it wasn't right for him to say, "Hey, we need a bleeping playmaker." But to we're the not media. talking about what LeBron said. We're talking about but that's Charles. what but that's, that's, that's what incited that's why all Barkley of this. Barkley said something because he they made all of these moves in the offseason to bring in all of these guys, all the guys that LeBron wanted, and he's still out there in the media complaining. And saying that there's not enough. And I wouldn't. Have been How a, is there not enough? I wouldn't have. What been more a, do you need? And if and if and if Charles Barkley hadn't said LeBron James doesn't want to compete and just called him whiny, I would have said, yeah, LeBron, maybe you shouldn't have responded like that. But think about this: everything LeBron said was true. He didn't come back and say, oh, you're a horrible player. He just stated Charles Barkley's past. What Charles Barkley said wasn't true. Now, LeBron didn't didn't call him names and do whatever. He just said, you know what? Hey, you want to come and criticize me for how I act while I'm a player? This is what you did as a player. So why don't you why don't you people that live? What's the saying? The people that live in glass houses, right? Don't criticize me if you have a past that's worse than mine. But bringing up someone's past is 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 a weak move. And someone of LeBron James's stature, I didn't see that coming. And the fact that you're going to break, oh, he's got unpaid Las Vegas debt. He's uh, threw someone through a window, spit on a kid. Those are things that he didn't have to say to the media, but he could have still got his point. Yeah, bring across. up his NBA career if you want. Or criticize him exactly. that way. Don't criticize his personal that's, life. Exactly. That's why I'm saying. I think it made him look a little weak. That's that's my my, my saying on it. But uh, we can spend all day talking about these comments. Let's uh, move on to the New York Knicks as they're playing uh, the dreadful Brooklyn Nets today whoa, at the Barclays whoa. Center. Hey, hey, whoa. You're kind of insinuating that the Knicks aren't dreadful themselves. Though. No, it's it's a it's going to be a, a weird matchup today at the Barclays Center because the Knicks are going – South recently. Uh, Can says, I go on a mini Knicks rant? Go. Because I watched them play last night. Did you guys catch the game? They played the yeah. Wizards. Yeah. Yeah, I watched a little bit. I Absolutely despicable performance by the Knicks. I think that they completely quit in the middle of the game. It Like, there was just no defense. Guys are going to the rim, and nobody on the Knicks is even moving. It looked like they completely phoned it in for the rest of the season almost. And we're not even, we're barely <laughs> at the All-Star break, and... It's just I cannot believe the performance and, that they turned in. And know what really is upsetting about it is that Carmelo Anthony has been playing really well and shooting the ball really well. At last night, ten for seventeen, and uh, the four overtime game, he had forty-two points, I believe. So he's been playing well. It's just now it's just the surrounding cast again that proves to be the problem. And of course, D Rose and Kristaps being out last night didn't help. But it's it's still major issues for the Knicks on the defensive end. I, I have to agree with your guys' expertise because as Nets beats report beat reporters, I'm sure you've seen plenty of mailed in basketball games. <laughs> Stop it, Reed. That Stop, that don't don't do that, Reed. That being said, I think with the Knicks, you talk about Carmelo Anthony's playing great. We're gonna I don't want to rehash the same things I always say. Carmelo Anthony's a great number two. He's proven that. What the Knicks don't have Num- and what number they need two strongly. No, nope. emphasized. Which emphasized. I'm saying, he's not a number one. He's not a leader. This Knicks that's team doesn't else. have. <laughs> oh, <laughs> now you got it. Okay, now you got it. Anyways, I think the Knicks they don't have a leader, and that's what they need. The guy doesn't need to be the best player on the team. But who in that Knicks uh, locker room do you think the team can come together with and and be led to the promised land if they even could make it? You Ron Baker. <laughs> right? I'm a big fan of Ron Baker, Ron man. Baker. I am a huge fan of Ron Baker. Ron man. Baker plays harder than anyone on that team. He does. And he, would start, and he would start for the Nets. No, eh, he wouldn't. I don't think so. He would, he would be coming off the bench because I, I love Sean Kilpatrick. And, um, <laughs> I was joking. I just, Watch what I, happens. I, I don't Watch know. Watch what happens when the Nets win by 10 tonight. I don't care. Okay, if the Nets win tonight, then the Knicks have serious problems because the Nets are still guys, in single-digit win totals. Guys, so the just, only reason we're talking about this game is because of the location of the studio. This game means nothing to the rest of the NBA. Let's let's take our New York hats off and look at this. These are both bad teams that aren't going anywhere that are going to fight to be the best of the worst. The Knicks or the Nets aren't a bad team. 
They're a good team with a bad record. I like that. Thank you. My son is not bad at basketball. He just has horrible jump shooting abilities. He can't dribble. He doesn't no, really be able to get low on defense. Comparison. No, not a good comparison. But he's a good basketball I already, player. I told you the stat that they lost 23 games by less than 10 points. They're competing in every game. <laughs> they're much better. Than, they're much more fun. than you Christian, can test Christian, let's go get, I know, I was let's just go get say. the Net Star Participation Trophies. You hear that then? <laughs> they've been, they've been losing by only 10, right? So no, I will, I will say this, okay? They do compete. I mean, I've... Oh, my God. Professional athletes okay. compete in the NBA. Good job, guys. More than LeBron apparently. Le- <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> See, I think like I become a LeBron apologist. I'm I mean, not- I mean, compete to the point where they're not getting blown out by forty points every night, which is a, <laughs> is a plus for Do the season. Do you guys because- know how low that bar is? If you guys, are, you know, they don't get blown out by forty. Okay, points. but I'm trying to say the Knicks they lost have by like twenty last the night to the Wizards. Okay, but losing a game is still losing a game, and sometimes the way you lose a game is important. I think the Nets sometimes the way they lose these games. I've been to think about. Like, eight so far this year they compete and they compete to the very end okay I w- and to say to, to compare it to the knicks like you just said in the middle of that game yesterday you could see them loss of energy loss of uh just body language body language just look terrible and but the nets you don't really see that a lot they do compete and i'm not going to let you just crap on the nets right now because i think they they compete even though their record doesn't really i will be fair really i think the nets especially if they had a first round draft pick i think they have a way better future than the knicks because they do have a lot of pieces as you said that would be great pieces to a championship or competitive level team like Jeremy Lin, Kilpatrick. I think once they get rid of Brooke Lopez for maybe a first round I think they should pick, trade him too. Yeah, they can do that. It's just as of now, the Knicks are slightly better just because they have more talent and both teams are horrible. So I just, I don't, I don't want to pretend to be like, you know what guys, it's going to be a great game. I can't wait to see how Carmelo handle. Oh, I can no, I don't. But if you're a Nets care. fan, you you want to watch, you want to tune into every game. You want to see the way these young players are going to play. Ronde Hollis Jefferson, he's been a really a plus sign for this Nets team. Sean Kilpatrick, another plus. I really like his game, and I'm sure Pat can attest to this. I think they have some strong suits, and if they trade Brooke Lopez to try to squeeze into the first maybe 15 picks in the draft again, I think it would it would be uh, do them justice. Do you think he's gone by the trade deadline? I think they should. I, I think they should try to get it, like he just said, get sure. a draft pick. Will the Nets be able to part with Lopez for a good deal? Will they? I don't know. I mean, like, what would you give up for Lopez? As a guy, I mean, as reporters for the Nets. If you're, say, a, a mid-level East team in the East, you're trying to compete with Cleveland, but maybe you're a piece or two away, what do you give up for Brooke Lopez? Is he worth a first-round draft pick? It, it depends on how close you are to a championship. If you're a team that wants to get a guy that's coming off the bench and you want to compete for a championship, then, yeah, I think he's You think Lopez comes off the bench for a championship-level team? I think if Brooke Lopez, like, I'm just looking at the East standings right now, and a team that jumps off at me might be, like, a Pacers, maybe, who have Paul George, Jeff Teague, you get Brooke Lopez yeah. on that team, who could kind of spread the floor out a little bit, and right now they're in the sixth spot. If they can get a Brook Lopez, they might be able to squeeze into the top three. I think there's a lot of teams in the East, and not even just the East, the West, that if you can add a Brook Lopez as maybe your backup center, he doesn't have to be. Backup? I, am I crazy to say I think he's a top five center in this league? Um, Like, why is he a backup? DeMarcus Cousins. Well, uh, we're just saying Brooke this Lopez. because if there's a team that's in the hunt for the playoffs, then they probably have their starting that's, five pretty set already. Yeah, that's where I was coming I from. I think that's... That may be true, but if they don't, if they have a starting five that's set, but their center's not as good as Lopez, they can they can change them out. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, well, potentially it, it depends on the team. I still I, mean, I no... still stand by my three team trade with uh, <laughs> Wade going to Cleveland, Lo- Lopez going to Chicago. Uh, anyways, <laughs> but that's just a side note. Side side side. Any last thoughts on the Nets Knicks game tonight? The the Nets are gonna win. Really? That's my hot take. Well, I'll be there tonight covering the game, <laughs> and um, I would like to see that, but. Um, 
We'll see. Uh, you know, I'm gonna we're gonna come back next time, and everyone who just said that they didn't think the Nets are gonna win, I'm no, just gonna laugh Pat, Pat, in no one, your no, faces. No one said the Nets weren't gonna win. Well, Christian just piped into my ears and was like, "Give me a break!" <laughs> All right, Christian, because they're gonna win, and then you're gonna come on this podcast next time, and I'm gonna <laughs> laugh at you. Battle of the beat reporters. <laughs> All right, so so there's another thing I want to talk about, which I didn't include in the rundown. Is it raise the cat? That's terrible. <laughs> That's terrible, but it's it's really a, an interesting storyline, and this guy has become one of my favorite players in the league, and I'm sure you guys will will feel the same way. And that's Isaiah Thomas for the Boston Celtics. We love this guy. He's averaging 35 points a game in January, <laughs> the most the most points by a Boston Celtics since Larry Bird in the mid 80s, the heyday of the Celtics. Actually, probably the 60s were, but back in the 80s they were rolling through championships. So this is the most points that any Boston Celtics has averaged since Larry Bird. And this he's leading the Boston Celtics to the second seed in the East right now, uh, actually tied with Toronto. So I think Isaiah Thomas needs serious consideration for the MVP in my Ooh, eyes. that's a hot take right oh there. Oh, my God. And for the MVP? Now, I if you were so. 6'3", would you feel the same way? Be honest. Yes. Yes, because the Boston still Celtics. averaging 35 points. In the, but in the month it, of January, it might, yeah. yeah, it might just be a hot month. So it's so how do you vote for right MVP? Now. Most valuable player to his team or best player in the league? Most valuable most player to his team. Yeah. Stupid way to vote for it. Anyways. Uh, r- um, the award's called most valuable and I, player. I, I, I hate the MVP award. I'm not going to get into It's that. not called the I best player award. I think he's playing. It should be. I think he's playing really well. MVP. MVP. Has anybody, did anybody see the Boston Celtics being the second seed in the East tell right now? What, or see Isaiah Thomas no, yeah, second in the I, league Tell in me what the Cleveland Cavaliers would be if LeBron James tore his ACL right now. Tell still, me what they would be. First in they'd the be in division the play- still because the they have two Hall of Famers. You guys are ridiculous. With Kyrie Irving, if, if they have a healthy Kyrie Irving and a healthy uh, Kevin Love, they would make the playoffs still without LeBron. Okay, Absolutely. but they would be a fifth or sixth seed. And no, the only reason they'd be make the playoffs no. for sure is because he's been with them perhaps. See, it's the thing about it's the thing about the real valuable players. One of the biggest valuable assets you can have in a player is availability. And so players like LeBron, players like oh Kevin Durant had the foot injury, but a lot of players are you t- we take them for granted because they're always around, so we don't really get to see what teams are like without them. But come on, all I'm saying is that Isaiah Thomas should he's playing really well. Consider serious consideration for the MVP. Mm. My MVP right now is James Harden, but I just really love Isaiah Thomas's game and the way he's got this. Boston's just playing really gritty on the defensive end with Jay Crowder and Marcus Smart, the two bruisers on that team that you don't want to see them if you're an offensive player because they'll get into you and they'll make a they'll make it tough for you on the offensive end. But I just I think what he's doing with Boston is really impressive. Actually, I don't know the stat. When's the last time someone won the MVP award and didn't start on the All Star team? I thought is that something that happens usually? That's interesting. Because sure. Isaiah Thomas obviously is not the starter for the East. which I think was. Amazing how he I did. agree with that. I think he should have been the starting point guard. He, Tyler convinced me of that. I just think MVP might be taking it a little bit too far. The Celtics are still a piece away. That's the thing that bugs Two. me most because they're so good, but they just need one more piece. If they could figure out a way to get Mello. <laughs> Mel- no, not Mello. And that's, no. that's interesting you say that because Jimmy Butler wants out of Chicago, and last year around the same time he was asking out, and the Boston Celtics were a team that were really interested in him. So if they can find a way to add a Jimmy Butler – to their um, backcourt, or he's probably think, he's probably a small forward. So I'm still trying to figure out how they end up with Boogie because that that Oof. would be with Horford already there. Oh man, get rid of Hor- who needs Horford? Get Horford. rid of Horford. Hey, I like Horford. He's, I, he's a I, solid. I'm gonna take Horford over Boogie. I think if, oh, no, no, no. I would take Boogie over Horford. But exactly. if you're gonna add yeah. a, if you're gonna add yeah. a piece, there's no there's some, you'd rather add it on places in your roster where you would need it more than you wouldn't get rid of Horford for Boogie. You would get keep I, Horford and get. I say piece. yeah, if you could put Demarcus at power forward and somehow find a way to keep Al Horford. 
or vice versa. And even when you have Isaiah Thomas on that team, I just think it makes the Boston Celtics into a serious championship contender. But that's hypothetically. Go talk to the 76ers. Hey, what about the 76ers? They always want to give up pieces. They got True. assets. Oh, Nor's, Nor's Dude, Noel wants you out. Can have, Noel. You can have Jalil Okafor. You can take him. He wants Dude, out. Really? Give us like 20 bucks for Jalil Okafor. <laughs> 20, and a washing machine. Remember from a semi-pro? <laughs> it's like we sold you for the washing machine. We need that washing machine. Chipotle gift card. Yeah, oh, exactly. Man. You can. He's he's too, way too limited off, or defensively to be a serious player on this team. Yeah, but I just I don't know if it's it's too early to say that he won't help you in the long run because you got three... Big men. Big men. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, it's kind of a tangent, but the 76ers have had so many first-round early picks that if they're all on the team together, the odds are they all don't have the room and time to grow into the players they were drafted to be. Do you know what I mean? They've almost collected too much talent. So to say someone like Okafor is like... Is who he is. I think if he went to a different team, you'd see a lot more from him. But he has someone like Ben Simmons on the roster, Joel Embiid. Like, like these are guys that are all, New Orleans Noel. Like these are all guys that were fighting to be that franchise player. I think Ben Simmons will be that. But maybe he gets rid of some of these guys, give them to other teams like the Celtics, see what they can do. I just don't think you can teach Jalil Okafor how to be a good defender. I just think that's something that's innate when you're a basketball player. I, I, you're either a good defender or you're not, and he's not a good he defender. He doesn't want to play for the 76ers. That's that's the thing. You saw you saw him as a, as a fan. The day he took hold up his jersey, and then I'll never forget that, and then just threw it down when he was done taking his photos. I, that's also partially just his face. He just kind of <laughs> he just looks like that. He's like T-Mac. He looks bored wherever he is. Well, that could be the case. You'd know more than me. But I just think you, you, you guys brought up Ben Simmons, and this brings up an interesting storyline because he still hasn't played a game this year. And, and being a Philadelphia 76ers fan, Pat, and um, do you think you guys should, you know, throw him in there and see what what kind of chemistry these young players have together, or do you wait till next year to give him a first full season in the yeah, NBA? Redshirt him basically. Yeah. I mean, good. Keep. What are you going to rush him back for? Is for that because you want him to win Rookie of the Year? No. Blake Griffin style? I could care less about Rookie of the Year. Rookie of the Year is a pointless it's, award. It's all about the process. Michael right? Carter Williams <laughs> run one Rookie of the Year. Yeah, and then I want, I want championships. I don't care about You're not him getting winning either, so. Rookie of the Year. Championships is a is a stretch, but I think you guys can can compete down uh, in a couple years with Ben Simmons and with Joel Embiid and um, I like TJ McConnell. TJ McConnell, he's become one of my favorite players in the league. So I think the Seventy Sixers are in a place where you can say um, they have more promise than uh, in a long time. We could see a spot five years from now where the Eastern Conference Finals is. Bear with me, try not to laugh. Is the Milwaukee Bucks and the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers? <laughs> How crazy would that be? I think that'd be awesome. I think that'd be awesome for the NBA. Yeah, what Greek, about, Greek freak versus Joel Embiid? We don't think about that, but what if like 10 years ago someone told you, yeah, the two best teams in the league would be going to the finals multiple times. It would be the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Golden State Warriors. We wouldn't have thought that. No, wouldn't no. have guessed that. So, uh, yeah. I would have been like, that team that Baron Davis is on? Yeah, the, <laughs> the one that beat da- Dallas in the first round that yeah. year? <laughs> All right, so I think that's enough 76ers talk for uh, one podcast. Um, so <laughs> Never enough 76ers <laughs> talk, but okay, fair enough. All right, so just uh, rounding out the podcast as we're running out of time here, do you guys think Melo stays put in New York as um, the trade deadline comes around, or do you think this is just his time to go? What do you think? Yeah, I think he stays. I don't think he's going anywhere because what he just came out and said the other day, unless the situation's perfect for his family or whatever. And La La is an actress, and L.A. is um is Hollywood, so I, I still am a firm believer that he would go to the Clippers to waive his no-trade clause if they can find a way to keep Blake, DJ, and Chris on the Clippers. But 
it's just he, that family comment kind of just makes me like take a step back and say I think he just honestly does want to leave New York. I don't think he wants to leave either, and I don't know what situation will arise that will be good enough for him to go to. Basically, it, it, it's a really simple situation, right? If if it were up to the Knicks, Melo would be in a different uniform, but Melo doesn't want to go. Melo has realized that if he goes to another team at this point, they didn't really want him bad enough, and that kind of hurts his ego, I think, yeah. you know? Uh, and this is an aspect I think a lot of us don't think about enough, is that these athletes, they're human beings, they're fathers. They're, I mean, it sounds like a cliche, but it's true. Like He talked about his son who's comfortable in New York City, his wife. They like living in New York, and even though he may not be winning an NBA championship, sorry, Christian, anytime <laughs> soon, maybe he's resigned to the fact, like Charles Barkley, that he'll never win it. So he's like, you know what, I'll make my good money. I'll play in the most famous city in the world, potentially, for the Knicks, make my career out like this, make, uh, have my family be happy, and that's good enough for me. See, I still, think he, I still think he wants to win a championship, but he doesn't want to give up New York because New York is— the, Would you? No, not at all. New York is the mecca of basketball, and he, uh, I'm sure his endorsement deals and his, uh, his pocket is happy for him staying in New York with, um, with all the perks that comes with it. I just think— as a as a legacy standpoint, he does want to have at least one more shot in his in his career to win a championship, and with the Knicks, I I just think down the road, he, yeah, they might five years from now, but five years from now he'll be thirty seven, thirty eight, and it's just yeah, it's, the, that window is closing very quickly. And I'm a I'm a big Kristaps fan, so I think to build around him would be um would be better for the Knicks in the long run. So that's why I think they should get rid of Melo. And I know it's like kind of. Um, well, they can't. That's the, that's the situation. Well, right, they look guys? look for the right deal. Look for the right deal for him. Is a, it's a tough it's a tough situation yeah, to say the least. Like you said, I think the Clippers is the best move. But what that deal will end up being, and whether or not that's good enough for the Knicks, is in question. The Clippers need to get rid of Blake. Oh so. yeah, I'm I'm a firm believer. No, they need about to blow up that trio. That trio is not winning you a championship. Even yeah. with Melo, that trio is not I think winning you a championship. Their windows. Their windows. Gone and passed, it's or however slammed say shut that. like two years ago. But then, no. why would you add Melo to that team? Do you think that he's going to be the one to jar that window back? See, you guys, are, you guys are shutting that window too quick for the Clippers. Because <laughs> too quick! It's been like five years. Okay, it's five years. But can you at least give them one more last run at it with everyone healthy? Okay, Blake. I think that they said that three years ago. <laughs> but the last two years, Chris and Blake both got hurt in the first round of the playoffs. This year. Uh, Blake hurts his knee, he needs microscopic knee surgery. Then as soon as he's about to come back, Chris uh, tears a ligament in his thumb. So I just think the last two years they haven't been on the court the same and haven't really built that chemistry that they had the first three years. And based on all of that, you believe that they will all be healthy going forward. <laughs> and it's, that's, it's tough to say because Blake is just... I think Blake has fell off a cliff, man. He, he hasn't made the All-Star team the last two years. And... Um, at the Clippers' success, um, it relies a lot upon his um, his ability to to score down low, and he doesn't do that well. And um, as of recently, he, not making the All Star game the last two years, I think it's messing with his psyche a little bit because he's the type of player who I think has a big ego, and the fact that he didn't, he's not making that much noise around the NBA anymore. I think it's getting to him, but I think shutting the window on the Clippers right now is a bad idea. Boom! Shut. Done. <laughs> over. Call it. We need a soundbite for a nice, like... The, the NBA is so top-heavy, so for a lot of teams, whether it's the Knicks, the Clippers, um, Nets, or whatever, I would lean more towards blowing up and just trying to get that diamond in the rough in the, in the draft because, in reality, even if the Clippers got better with Melo, even if they got better with all of them being healthy, are they coming to compete against San Antonio and Golden State? And in the East, is anyone competing against Cleveland? That's the question you have to ask yourself. And I think if you you have the big three... 
Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, DJ with Melo. I think big they, three. Eh, it's a somewhat big three, but um, <laughs> I think they'll be able to compete. But Gimpy three. Any last thoughts before we wrap things up, guys? The Nets are going to win by ten. I think Nets are going to win a close one, maybe like three, maybe like ninety-seven, ninety-six, uh, ninety-four. Yeah, by uh, 10. ten. Write it down. Read. Write it down. Knicks win by two in double overtime. Cool. All right, guys. Well, this was Pickin' Pod. Uh, thanks for joining me alongside Pat Costello, Reed Horner. I'm Tyler Freer. Thank you for listening. This is WFUV Sports.